HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Copper and Kings, pure copper pot distilled American brandy aged in Kentucky bourbon barrels. For more information, visit copperandkings.com. I'm Laura Stanley, host of Inside School Food. You are listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll, Lord. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul, the Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm your host, Damon Bolte, and in the studio today, I've got my good buddy, Will Elliott, uh, Maison Premier, and uh, what's what's about to open, uh, a new place called Sauvage, also in Williamsburg there. Welcome to the show, Will. Hey, Damon. How are you? I'm well, man. Good Glad to, to you. have you here, man. We, we can't tell out there, but we're matching. We actually, we are wearing uh, the, <laughs> like, pretty much the same outfit, which is pretty incredible. Um yeah, man. How are you doing? How's it been? You've, I'm doing well. It's super busy, but a like, really exciting time of year for Maison Premier. Like, even just in terms of, you know, seasonally, Maison really changes, uh, yeah, kind totally. of. Just the space changes. You know, we open up the windows out front. Um, we open a beautiful back uh, patio, you know, with just uh, beautiful lush plants from, from New Orleans and other southern styles of plants and it's just it's gorgeous it really transforms the whole place from being kind of like a den to like a beautiful space you know well that place it just like by by its nature is actually a very it, it, you feel transformed when you walk into that place just because it's such a it's kind of like a time warp man it's like you yeah. feel like you've just been transported somewhere completely different and that's it's it's i i think it's like as far as like the the decor and the drinks and the style and the music and everything it's probably the most it, it's probably the bar, in, like the the one in New York City that does that the most to you when you walk into it. You awesome. Know? Well, that's really good to hear. I mean, I think too, just walking by. You know, you're on Bedford Avenue. It's kind of a bustling, crazy. You know, it's really changed over the years, and it's turned into something very, very unique. And and uh, you know, it's known. Bedford Avenue is known as a certain thing, right? Sure. And then you walk by Mason Premier, and you look in through the windows. You you can see all the way back to the to the back garden when the patio is open, and it's just, it's alluring. You wanna you wanna be you wanna walk in. You know? Yeah. And you want to just not just sit at the bar, but you want to experience all these different layers of experience that you can have at Mason. Absolutely. And you know. The uh, I mean, how many years has it been open now? So we are just past five years. We're about oh, five and congrats. coming up on five and a half yeah. years. Thanks. 
Yeah, I remember. I mean, you were there in the. Oh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you were there for all of it. I, I, yeah, totally. Um, and I remember when, like you mentioned before, the uh, the back patio area. It is like that. That came a little bit later, and that was like an amazing addition to the place. And then, uh, then the bar was added back there. Yeah, and that was a crazy addition to the place. Yeah, and a food program. <laughs> and then you added the kitchen in the basement. <laughs> I love it when uh, you get to. I, I mean, obviously, like the a lot of times the goal is to like get a place open and complete, like from the beginning. Sure. But it's really fun, actually, as someone. I mean, someone who works there, but also as like a customer yeah. who comes in, like to see the transition change. Yeah, totally. And watch it grow. You of know? course. Well, one thing we realized that was like not just an ambition. It was an ambitious move, but it was also something that we realized through our guests. You know, we were realizing that you can't survive on oysters, basically. And, you know, cocktails, the response was initially, you know, really strong. So we we knew we wanted to stick with cocktails and oysters and not leave or depart from that. Sure. But we wanted to to just flesh it out with some some other things that we were passionate about. Mm -hmm. And Chef Cook's passionate food. And, you know, I'm talking about Chef Lisa. Of course, uh, but she cooks passionate food and, and uh, really, really uh, added a whole nother level of attention to detail and, and, and taste and, uh, you know, uh, connectivity to, to product and producers and stuff. Something that if we were just an oyster bar and or just a cocktail bar, I don't think we ever would have realized that. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, it's. I feel like the bar and the kitchen go hand in hand just to like have that connection is really important. But like you were saying before, you know, the the idea of the the customer perception and the the actual presentation of the cocktails changed has changed over the five years it's like really become more and more and more elevated as years go by. I mean I remember going there when when Maison first opened and it was like this is a really beautiful martini. Sure. Done. This is a really beautiful uh, mint julep. Yeah. Absinthe. Just drink, doing the classics. Know. But well. doing them well. Yeah. Yeah. And over the over those these last five years it's really like everything became. It was like, you know, you guys were like sweeping up awards and still are like, well, actually, you guys are nominated for a James Beard Award. Like, we'll, we'll talk about that yeah. a little bit. But uh, um, the, the drive of that place has always been really admirable because it's like, all right, well, we, we killed it with this, like, just like super classic martini. It's like, right. that's not good enough. Let's, right. Let's elevate this program. Let's do it table side. Let's do it <laughs> you know? table side. Let's let's you know think about the gin choice that we're using. Let's you know like yeah. let's make it a more all encompassing experience rather than just you know we we just after a while we realized the space was so kind of special. I mean we obviously knew that opening the yeah. doors it felt special, but like sharing that and figuring out new ways to share that with our guests really involves like stepping back from just the drinks and looking at the overall experience. And, you know, so, yeah, our menu kind of changed to incorporate all things involved in the experience rather than just the drink in the hand. That's not genius. You know, lots of people talk about that. I think that's a... No, I... I you know, a new kind of awareness thing that's happening in our... presentation in our, yeah, and garnish. that it all plays thing. into the... Yeah, absolutely. But it was like... like Well, I, I to be honest, I've never seen anyone else, any other bars doing the martini presentation like you do it I'm not, I'm not just saying like table side but like the the garnish presentation on the side oh yeah like the the twist and the olives and the anchovy and stuff like that like that's that's really special man you know and and what realize you know what's crazy is it it takes it doesn't take that much all it takes is just like well thinking of it as if i'm the guest like 
I want to just really be wowed here, you know? Yeah, totally. And so I always have that feeling like we're not wowing people enough, right, you know? Right. So we always, like, we always kind of push each other within the, you know, within the restaurant to, like, just go for a little bit more. Like, try to fill, you know, fit in a little bit more in your day. Try to research a little bit more. Try to just... Yeah. Live that way. You don't get it done overnight, but sure. know, the progression is there, I think. But it's cool to work with a team like that um, that, you know, it, it takes it very seriously, you know, and, and takes a lot of pride in that. Because, like, that is, like, you in, in a very, it's a, to, to me, it seems like a very, like, healthy uh, competition, like, kind of competitive, you know, like, yeah, right, you you made your martini this way. Like, well, well check this shit out. Totally. Man. Like what I just did. That's actually like, like year just... three of Mason in a nutshell. I yeah. feel like that was like near, year number three. That was kind of what it was all about. We were all trying to like outdo each just other. One upsmanship. Yeah, yeah, like put a jacket on behind the bar. <laughs> like I'm gonna bartend jacket on. Like, and you know, it sounds <laughs> stupid, but it's like, well, that kind of you know adds to like cleaner more pretty bartending oh for sure you know man. like you bartend differently in a jacket it's not a big deal it's nothing i want to talk about but it's like it changes oh, the way you it's true though i mean like move when you, you know? think about the yeah absolutely i mean like the, especially especially the movement because yeah. i always wear cowboy boots behind the bar right and like that's I, I, like <laughs> that's, that's awesome. it's so stupid but like it makes me very aware of where my feet are and how i'm moving because i could slip and fall at any moment but like also yeah, I, you know, there's not a lot of padding or, or at all in cowboy boots, but right, my feet like the boots break into your foot, so they're actually the most comfortable shoes that I have, and I don't really have any like right. tennis shoes or anything like that uh, that would be like smart to wear behind the bar. Sure, but, like if you if you barton in a jacket, eventually you become comfortable with it. It's you become crazy. comfortable with it, and you are very conscious of how like you're dashing that Angostura bitters into oh, your mixing damn glass. Straight. You know about that, sir. You used to wear a white jacket. I remember that. I did. It's easy. See, where that was that was a beautiful time. Oh man, I, it was it was it got a little messy. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I don't. Um, I don't want to know. But then, like, also, you didn't want to like you didn't want to fuck up your jacket because it's a white jacket sure. and a white shirt. I run too many nice white shirts. You gotta start shopping at Uniqlo for for yeah, your, yeah, yeah, for your yeah, work yeah, shirts. Yeah. You know, totally. You can't go to J Crew or you know <laughs> shit like that. Um, but. But yeah, like you're very conscious of like your movements, and and it's not just like how you're making the drink. It's like where your elbows brushing up against, like like on the the edge of the bar, or like sure poor spouts in the the speed rail. You know, oh like, they dig. Yeah, they're all little dirty corners of the you know like little sharp edges of stainless steel that tear you up or something. What uh, of your bartender said to me, <laughs> or he like actually posted a really funny joke uh, on like, Facebook or something. Uh, he said. And like when he's going to the dry cleaners with all of his work clothes, he's like, "Oh, cool! This, this is my dry cleaner who always gets all the pechos and pechos bitters and egg whites out of my clothes." <laughs> and then the the guy at the dry cleaner is like, "Oh, great! Here comes that guy that always brings his clothes in covered in blood and cum." <laughs> so, you know, yeah, so it's important not to. Uh, I didn't even see that joke. Oh. You just caught me off guard there. That's yeah, that was, was a good one. I'm still taking that one in. That's crazy. Yeah, and but yeah, it's it is really important. Like, I think Jeffrey Morgenthaler posted a while back, like, like your, your most important like bar tools, like your your footwear, and it's like had all these people like kind of like replying, and, and it was just like an interesting thing to talk about, like in this kind of like open forum. And it's like, what do you wear? Like, sure. what's your thing? But uh, but I, I definitely uh, I definitely really respect the fact that you guys. Dressed yeah. to the nines, you know, and that's part of the experience, man. That's like you're you yourself are like 
garnished, if you will. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good way of putting it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it also, I think, if you know, going back five minutes in the conversation, like if th- year three of Maison was us all trying to internally outdo each other and just like really go for something, you know, bigger and better. Um, then now I think it's more like we're, I, the way I see it is we're all trying to be more like a unified singular thing. Cool. And kind of like, you know, we want to, we want to roll out like a team. And when you, hopefully when you watch Mason, we're, uh, we're a well-oiled machine that, you know, gets a drink in your hand and a drink that you really love and that makes you feel like there was love put into the drink. For sure. Um, a lot of the times, you know, I don't know. I just feel like sometimes things get skewed because I, to me, I think one of the biggest ways to show love is to really do my job really well. And to show love to a guest, I feel like sometimes that's the, it's the highest honor, especially when it's busy, is to just execute your job really, you know, yeah. quickly as, and as methodically as you can. And just um, and people watch that and they love that. And I think that they're willing to, you know, wait for something good and delicious. And, you know, for, for an exceptional experience, you know, people are very patient. People yeah. have always been very patient with us at Maison. Like, you know, well, they've I, gone through all these changes. They've watched us take garnish and, and our drinks more and more seriously. And somehow I've just always felt the continued support of people who want to see us do better. Yeah. Who want to see us strive for more. Well, they, of course they want they want to see you do better, man. They want to keep coming to your bar. <laughs> but I think also having the controlled environment of like, you know, a door policy and like a no standing kind of policy, that definitely helps too, you know, to where it's not like a madhouse and you can actually take the time to really take care of people rather than, you know, and, and also it sucks to like have a, you know, have this really beautiful bar, like well curated drinks and, and, sure. and, and everything's well thought out. And then, it, you know, you're sitting there at the bar, you're on a date and there's some customer behind you, like exactly. with that arm between exactly. the, the couple, that's like exactly waving the, money around. Yeah. That's what we don't want, you know, ideally yeah. to have happen to you at Maison. And we've tried to come up with a lot of different ways of dealing with that and just, you know, I think finding your own identity as a bar, it takes a while, you know? Sure. And so it took us a second to realize, like, yeah, well, we want our guests to be comfortable. We want them to probably be in a, st- you know, seated on a stool. Not like you have to, or not like you should feel uncomfortable if you're walking around. But, like, right. um, you know, it's not the kind of, like, flag your bartender, wave your hand in the air kind of thing. Oh, man. I, I just remember. Did you have a date ruined there one time? Or No, I think I did ruin someone else's date, though. Um, <laughs> now that I think about it. I walk in, and uh, it, was, it wasn't, like, crazy packed. It was a little bit later in the evening. And uh, Roland Josh, one of the owners, was, yeah. like... You know, of course, he's like wearing a tuxedo, just killing it. And he's like, Damon, what's up? Like, hey, buddy. Yeah, there was like, down, uh, like when you walk in and then to the left of the bar, like going around right towards like where the phone is sure. on the bar. Yeah. Um, bar one. Bar one. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> thank you. Bar one. Um, there were a few other bartender folks, you know, people around the neighborhood, like sure. hanging out. And I was, you know, we, we were kind of shooting the shit. And Josh comes up and he's like, Damon, you know what? Did you. Did you say hi to Anthony Bourdain? And I was like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, you should go say hi to him. He's right back there in the back corner." I was there that night. You were there that night. Just realized oh, in this story that um, yeah, that was a good night. I was like, "Dude, that's so stupid. I, I would never do that." And he's like, "No, you have to." It's <laughs> like you're in media. He's in media. He's really cool. I think he'd really appreciate. it. He was with like three of the people. They had like a four top in the back corner booth, and it was like, really. I was just like. Just had enough in me, yeah. alcohol-wise, to think that it was actually an okay idea. Yeah. 
walked over to him. He was very nice. I like I just I shouldn't have done that, but he was totally cool about it. And uh, you know, I told him about Heritage Radio Network, and he was like, "Yeah, I know Heritage Radio Network." Well, I was like, yeah, damn, cool. Well, man. I'd say you got somewhere there. Yeah. That's that's so, good. So I didn't feel like the, the the biggest like hack in the world doing that and walking up to his table and running his time. <laughs> but he was really gracious. He stood up and he shook my hand. Like, but uh, that that was definitely by far like. <laughs> the dumbest thing I've ever done in your bar. Well, um, it's a fun it's a fun bar to do dumb things when they're dumb things like that. That's like it's a unique kind of dumb thing. It's That's okay a fun dumb, dumb thing. thing. Yeah, it's yeah, a fun dumb thing. You know. Whatever. <laughs> cool. Let's take a quick break and when we get back we'll continue talking with Will Elliott of Maison Premier in Brooklyn, New York. This is Jack Inslee, the executive producer of Heritage Radio Network, also the host of Full Service Radio. And I want to talk to you about Brandy. Uh, I was lucky enough to visit Louisville, and we all know Kentucky is whiskey territory. However, the best thing I had to drink was Brandy. I got to visit Copper and King's Distillery, and they make pure copper pot distilled American brandy aged in Kentucky bourbon barrels, matured with rock and roll. That's right. Sonic Aging. They're playing music to the barrels. The stuff is double distilled, non-chill filtered, unadulterated by bois, sugar, or caramel color. And this stuff is feisty, rambunctious, with a long, smooth finish. This stuff isn't made exactly in the style of an international brandy or a cognac. It's more along the lines of an American whiskey. I can really be honest here and tell you, I'm not just reading you an ad, I'm giving you a tip. American brandy, you're not seeing it everywhere. Copper and Kings is doing it incredibly well, and they're cool people. The distillery is full of incredible art. Like I said, they're playing rock and roll to the barrels. So again, Copper and Kings, pure copper, pot distilled, American brandy, aged in Kentucky bourbon barrels. That's copperandkings.com. Drink it neat, put it in a cocktail, sub it for your brown spirits, experiment, have fun, get funky. This stuff is awesome. (laughs) Welcome back. That oh, guy just said feisty. He did say feisty. He said feisty, and then he said experiment. Yeah, he, yeah, like, he said a lot of things. Weird. He said get funky. Yeah. I said it. <laughs> <laughs> they are really awesome at Copper and Kings. They uh, are really cool people, and they make really great products. The ad should have just been like, it's good shit. <laughs> Trust <Drink> me. <laughs> the end. All right. We're here with Will Elliott, uh, Mason Premier in Brooklyn, New York, and we were just talking about... Uh, pres- we, we talked. We're talking about major premiere and like the presentation of it sure. and how it's evolved over the last five years. Um, you guys actually had a a really awesome article in the design issue of Imbibe. Yeah, I think it was the last, the, yeah. the latest issue of Imbibe, right? Yeah, I think so. Maybe there's a brand new one out. Um, yeah, that was really you know an honor, obviously to get highlighted like that. And I didn't, you know, y- y- you work on a 
inter- interview process and some pictures like this, and you don't really know how it's going to get situated in the magazine. And it was just, you know, total honor to be alongside other design people. And I, it kind of made me realize something too that garnish is a design element yeah, in a way, for sure. Which sounds really obvious, but I didn't really t- think about it that way before. Um, so yeah, to have it credited alongside like bar designs and you know other kinds of design work that's that's amazing i think that i guess whenever we make a a a garnish decision at maison it's it's very specific to the space and it's like very much about what it looks like in the space and i think whenever we're like questioning whether we should do it on an efficiency level it's like well let's just get more efficient you know yeah it's not slower roll just uh you know, to quote unquote be more efficient, but like let's just find better methods. You know, yeah. so um, yeah, a lot of those garnishes in that in that uh, spread are actually executed by servers at the service bar pass, which actually you know I I think it's really phenomenal. Like I, I don't know many places where servers are willing to put that level of intensity and methodical motion into yeah you know. it's a very interesting theme to me like i've never worked in a bar where the drinks were garnished by the servers but like you know when you go to like clovercliff for instance they the servers garnish the drinks sure same with maison and like yeah um i think to me that's really cool because it brings the team to i think it, it to me it seems like it, it would bring the team together it does and it gets like a really organic level of uh, calling each other out on discrepancies yeah. and really take I mean, it just takes everybody's interest to a much more detailed level. Yeah. You know, so you're you're really uh, not willing to see something leave the pass unless it's perfect. Perfect. Yeah. And that kind of mentality, you know, obviously we kind of stole from kitchens. Sure. But it's it's an awesome thing to apply it to a bar and to a cocktail bar. And I, I think you're absolutely right. It brings a team together. It makes... You know, servers care about the way their drinks look so much more, and it makes them identify with the drinks more. And they, you know, they end up being proud of the totally of their contribution. Yeah, man. And that's not usually something that cocktail servers get to really participate in. You sure. Know? I think it's a beautiful thing. I mean, stuff like it's like you know reasons like that that you guys are actually up for a James Beard Award. Yeah. This year, you know, it's no surprise. I mean, you guys have you've gotten all kinds of accolades and awards, but it's it must be like really. Yeah. crazy and, and kind of <laughs> nerve-wracking and fulfilling at the same time. Yeah, that's, that's this week for me, for sure. Uh, yeah, it's it's wildly, you know, uh, uh, daunting uh, award ceremony to be a part of. I mean, just being surrounded by the truly the best of the best and, you know, chefs that you had heard of even before you were ever in the restaurant industry, even not caring about food or restaurants as sure. a kid. I mean, people there are that you know, a list and you're standing shoulder to shoulder with them. And it's a complete, completely humbling thing to be a part of. It's like the Oscars of the the food and beverage world, basically. Yeah. 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 And it's like the first year we were nominated, which, uh, you know, this is our third year. Now the first year, the awards were still in New York. They're at the Lincoln center. And while we all knew what James Beard foundation was, and we participated in some small things with them before, you know, we just didn't, I don't think it really hit us until we were all there, you know, as a team mm-hmm. sitting in and waiting for the for the awards. And it really inspired us. You know, very very quickly from that experience we realized 
what a motivating factor that can be, not just for ourselves, but for our team of people, for the whole restaurant. And all of a sudden you have back waiters caring more and porters caring more about their job and the way they execute their job. So it's a really galvanizing, awesome, you know, thing to participate in. And this week, you know, um, we're in Chicago. Uh, the awards have been moved to Chicago and we'll be at the uh, Opera House. Um, we're doing a few really uh, exciting pop-ups. We're doing Lost Lake, which cool. recently... Uh, you know, suffered a electrical fire, right. but their bar is back up and running, and we're super excited to uh, to participate in a little event with them there. That's going to be on Saturday, and then Sunday um, we're at the Aviary uh, with eighty six Co. Um, we did Aviary last year, and it was fantastic. It was nice. like kind of the culmination of that whole James Beard like blushy vibe, where you're surrounded by everybody. You know, that's amazing and cooler and more talented than you, you know. <laughs> and uh, the aviary was insane like that. I mean, when we opened the doors, there was like 150 people in line wow. outside in the rain to wow. get in. And it was all just heroes. That's awesome. You know? And so you're just like... I mean, like, it's Dale DeGroff, it's Thomas Keller. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, obviously we're a very different bar than, than the aviary. But somehow yeah. the marriage really fit. It makes sense, though, because of, like, just, like, going back to, like, the presentation and that thoughtfulness, too. You know, like... I, I, like... It, it just it, it is very like like we were talking about before it is very culinary you have like pulled from the kitchen for like the garnish and stuff like that but what's yeah. cool about it is like you guys tend to although you do like make some like very tropical like antique drinks mm-hmm. you've managed to have these very elaborately garnished drinks without them coming across as like like hokey like tiki yeah. drinks they they look very tropical at times, but like they they don't look like tiki drinks, you know? Yeah, I mean? yeah, that's hard to do. Thank you. That actually, that's really cool that you noticed that. I mean, even when we do a quote unquote tiki drink, like a mai tai or the jungle bird that's on the menu right now, like we really want to make it still a uniquely maison thing. I mean, we're not a tiki bar, and I think it would be corny and hokey if we tried to act like we were. Sure. And so that comes down even to the to the recipe of the drink. You know, like we're not trying to go into into uh, historic, you know, battleground of like, right. like battling you know, like other tiki bars. Like what we're trying to do is make a mai tai the way we think you would have a mai tai at Maison Premier today. Sure, and so that just comes from like really choosing our rum selection, you know, and our rum mix really carefully, and making amazing orgeat, you know, and stuff like that. And I think that Maison kind of represents what I think on a palate level for Maison. We really want that first sip to be very memorable, very large, and very, you know, kind of bold. And very extracted, you know, getting a lot of richness and depth of flavor. I don't think, you know, that that has to be every bar. And in fact, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, but we're about to open a new restaurant called Sauvage. And there will be cocktails there, you know, but I don't think that it's going to taste like a Maison cocktail at all. Well, I think that Maison is like kind of pungently Maison and sure. like, you know, it's just, it's a very dialed in thing that we finally hit a rhythm on. And yeah, I mean, I think Savage, it'll sort of, we'll see. It's going to, yeah. it'll be a nice little change up. You've got, you've got a few weeks before Savage opens, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It'll be a, it'll be a, a fun new expression of what, of other things we like. Yeah. So. I mean, you don't. You don't. You've got. You've got Maison. You know. Yeah. You've got it right down the road. You don't need to like really necessarily create recreate it. Sure. For the same neighborhood. Exactly. So, and it's and it's so much more fun to like. 
fuck around with other uh, other styles, you know, absolutely, just, and create a whole like create one uh, kind of similar, but definitely like in the similar like sense of like having a very Maison premiere style, yeah, having a very Sauvage style, exactly. You know? And the, I, just you saying the two names, you know, it kind of like you feel there's something different in the word Sauvage. It implies something. Uh, yeah. You know, something completely different than Maison. So anyway, wh- just one quick thing back to Maison. I think that the um, the the way those drinks come across, you know, we wanted to be able to be kind of all things to all people at Maison. We wa- kind of wanted that American bar mm-hmm. vibe, you know, like a hotel bar classic. You could be any in any city, basically, on the continent or in Europe or whatever. And so you should be able to walk in there, a weary traveler, and order any drink. Yeah. And be able to get a great version of it and at Savage you know it's going to be much more of a story and a much more of a relationship to producers and land and flavors and nostalgia and memories so I think it's going to be a very different feeling uh, there when you when you pick up a glass and you sip from it you know or cool. when you when you sit at a table and eat food yeah so I think that's awesome man yeah and you were telling me a little bit before the show just quickly about about Sauvage that it's just going to be it's going to be very like like much more like open and yeah. kind of like group friendly and like kind of like hang out with your yeah you hang out with your crew absolutely and you know I mean it's on it it's in an exciting neighborhood it's right across from McCarran Park it has hours and hours of intense morning sunlight awesome. and it's going to be an all-day place you know um, and so people um, sitting down, I think there's going to be sort of a joviality to it and a shared experience thing that Maison is, where Maison is very sort of, I don't want to say speakeasy, let's say den, denish, sure. sure. you know, um, tucked away and kind of hidden. Mm-hmm. Um, Savage is going to be very open and it's, it's going to, you're going to feel the breeze go through the room. Cool. You know, like you're going to see sunlight pouring in, you're going to see, feel breeze, you're going to smell, you're going to feel like you're still in the neighborhood. Cool. Rather than transported I, somewhere, you I, know. I get what you're saying. Yeah, that's cool. You man. like it? You want to come? I, I, I better be on the friends and family nice. <laughs> list. Um, cool, man. Well, actually, going back to talking about the Jungle Bird, that's one of the drinks you're going to be making tonight at uh, Grand Army. Yes, yes. So, cool. I'm excited. I got to start. You know, get my paring knife out right now to prep all those pineapple leaves. But I know we're probably going to have to just like pay our tab at Roberta's and boogie down there and start <laughs> get prepping garnishes. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm really excited to have you uh, behind the bar tonight from 5 to 7 uh, during happy hour to make some of the very Maison Premier style drinks. It's really cool. You guys are just letting me, um, you know, execute Maison drinks there in a, the very Maison way. And, like, you guys are I'm treating psyched. me easy. And, I, and we, luckily, we dressed similar. Like we, we, we were matched. Plan this. This is, no I know way. it's crazy. <laughs> so Stupid. it'll look really good with us behind the bar together. Um, cool, man. Well, that's uh, that's it for the show today. Definitely go and check out Amazon Premiere if you haven't already. And if you haven't, I can't. It just that doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> um, and then in a few weeks, you can check out Savage. And dude, best of luck with. Savage, and also with the James Beard Award. That's Thank a you. huge Thank you. Huge well, thing. we really want to bring it back home to Brooklyn. You know, yeah, obviously man. it's just an honor to be nominated, but we, Absolutely. Yeah, we'd love to bring it back for, for New York. Cool, man. Well, come out to Grand Army tonight and try some yeah. uh, James Beard nominated Drink drinks. some drinks. <laughs> All right. That's it. Well, dude, thank you so much for coming yeah, on the show today. To yeah, awesome. absolutely, man. I know you've, uh, you've been really busy, especially right now, and it's just great that you, uh, 
took the time to come out here. Yeah, it's and, great. It's my first time on the show. I love it. Let's do awesome, it again. Man. Absolutely, man. You got it. All right. All right. That's Cheers. it for the speakeasy this week. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. 